lip service won't do because there are so many pockets of growing consumers that are going to judge where they part with their cash. Hello and welcome to the Make an Impact podcast with me, Heidi Fisher. It's too complicated to measure our impact. We don't have the resources. Nobody cares. We can't afford it. Yes, you can and yes, you must. And in the Make an Impact podcast, Heidi Fisher explores how organisations put impact at the heart of what they do and how you can too. Abby Morris is the co-founder and chief executive of Compare Essex, a platform which connects conscious shoppers with brands that do want to lead by example. And she founded this, as she explains in the podcast, after her own frustration at purpose washing and green washing. In this episode, she explains how Compare Essex verification process works, how it measures its own impact and more. Here's Heidi with Abby Morris. Hi, Abby. I'm so pleased that you were able to join me for my podcast today. Could you tell me a little bit about your background and why you set up Compare Ethics? Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Heidi. I'm delighted to be here. Um, So I'm Abby. I'm co-founder and CEO at Compare Ethics, um, the platform that verifies how sustainable and ethical products are and makes it very easy for conscious consumers to find those products. Um, The journey really started when I was working as a consultant, um, really in sustainability and policy for many years, but didn't trust a lot of the brand claims about sustainability that I was purchasing from. And this was about two years ago. Um, So I I started with a very scrappy blog um, where I just put brands that I trusted in one place. And then then it evolved from there. I I teamed up with my co-founder, James, and we now have a verification technology that actually assesses on a product level the claims that are made by brands and retailers and so that people can just have more confidence when they shop. So that's how it all really came about, which was a nice natural evolution of having a very personal problem. Wow, it sounds amazing. I'm going to come back to your product in a minute to find out more about that. Um, but one of the things um, that I love about what you do is it's trying to combat all this purpose washing and green washing and everything else that we see around clothing. So, you know, where they'll say that an item is, is made from um, single use plastic in it. And then you find that there's only like half a percent of the product has got that in and the 99.5% is made from just one off that will end up in landfill mm-hmm, exactly in terms of the the product that can verify how sustainable clothes are how does that work it sounds really technical and complicated <laughs> so it is um but I, I i'm not a techie back by background so i've managed to, to get used to it and get into it so um we actually created 10 core categories and we did that through mapping the industry both where the industry is today but also where the industry needs to be um by 2030 um as i'm sure you can imagine there's a massive gap between the business as usual uh current situation and what needs to be done but it did come up with some really core categories there so the circular economy, supply chain and innovation, looking at different materials use, but also looking at consumption models as well. And so we map out uh, tags within those categories and we just weight them based on 
ease and impact. So the hardest things to do that have the biggest impact, have the biggest weighting. So if a brand has evidence that they're doing this, we say that they are top marks. Um, So for example, the circular economy would be way up there. It's not an easy thing to do to turn waste into value and close loops and all of those things. So we make it really clear that actually the hardest but really impactful things will be rewarded um, which is how we weighted the algorithm what do you do with the data do you share it with the brands or or do they ask you to do it for them yeah so brands ask us to do it for them and we do this for them on a case-by-case basis so we pre-screen whether or not they would be suitable um, through open source data sources and then once we've deemed that they are appropriate we then do a kind of third-party verification process so that means going into supply chains checking certifications third-party evidence Um, In some cases, this can be quite interesting. We can actually partner with quite cool organisations such as um, people who are looking at whether or not um, organic cotton did actually come from country A or country B based on the soil um, analysis. So there is quite innovative ways to start tracking supply chains. So we're looking to partner with them so does that mean then that it's only brands that actually really care about having less environmental impact that will will do this so we started with with those brands primarily because they were very clear cases um but this is open to all brands who are authentically being the key word there looking to transition to a more sustainable business model and a more responsible leadership function because the reason why we wanted to make it open to them is because everybody has to see the business case. They are businesses, um, but they have to see that there is value in going on that journey. And I think through our data, what we can provide is not only where they are today, but we can show them where they could be tomorrow if they invested in x y and z so exactly that yeah it's open to all brands looking to make a change Mm. I could just imagine there'd be quite a few that would be very resistant to that (laughs) yes there is quite a few that probably are never going to be on our list what do you think in terms of uh, consumers being more conscious about what they're purchasing how much do you think that is influencing brands to actually make these changes Yeah, so we've definitely seen, I think I I was probably one of the early adopters within this space when I came up with this uh, platform. But I think the Dave Glastonbury effect um, over the last couple of years around plastics in the UK, we see these micro tipping points with consumers where they no longer find it um, just justifiable to, to for brands to be behaving in a certain way. It was just one consumer and their campaign that changed the whole of McDonald's straws in the UK. So you can start seeing the power um, that consumers are starting to uh, demand. And I think that this is quite an awakening for brands and they very much are awaking in this very new environment, environment, particularly now, where they know that, you know, lip service won't do because there are so many pockets of growing consumers that are going to judge where they part with their cash. 
Well, it can only only come sooner as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. In terms of the people, the, the brands that you've worked with, what would you say has been the, the most interesting thing that you've, you've shared with one of them in terms of perhaps the most shocking thing that they didn't know was going on in, in terms of their impact, negative impact potentially? Um, so the negative ones, I think it's because it's actually a lack of data. So I think, and it sounds quite boring. I mean, I wish it was something more interesting, but I think with brands, when you ask them for certain data points, they never have been asked that before. And on the one hand, they want to know. And on the other hand, they're, they're clearly quite apprehensive because they don't know. Um, but I do find generally when, you know, what get measured gets done. And I think, by opening up, actually, this is a data set that is interesting. Um, they can find ways to start measuring it better. So there has definitely been challenges around accessing data points and them not fitting the algorithm or not having the right evidence. And I think that can at first be a little bit disconcerting. But at the same time, when you then turn that into an opportunity and say, actually, well, look at what you could do here and here to improve this situation and then get value from it because you can communicate that you've done that work and that due diligence, and it, it can turn it into a positive, which is nice to see. But yeah, the shocking things tend to be data-related for us. Yeah, it's, it's very much like my work around um, impact measurement. And it's it's one is a they either don't have the data or the second one is they don't do anything with the data. So in terms of managing it and using that information. So it's exactly. Interesting to hear that you, you have the exact same issues. <laughs> yes, exactly. In terms of your, your journey over the, the last couple of years, what would you say has been the biggest high moment for you? Wow, it's been quite a whirlwind. Um, I think one of the biggest highs definitely so um, was definitely last year. We were selected by Google to form their first female founders programme. Um, and it was essentially an accelerator, but it was perfect timing. We'd just gone full time on the business. We were really starting to work out who we were. Um, and it was a really invaluable experience, both from how do you become a founder perspective, um, but also just from sharing with like-minded founders. So having a network now that we can still chat with on a weekly monthly basis around our shared problems is actually really valuable um so it's been a high that's remained consistent for at least the last 12 to 18 months um so it just is a gift that keeps giving which seems to be really good for us definitely 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 what would you um say in terms of the impact that you've had how do you measure your own impact? Yeah, so we do an annual report as of this year and we are looking to become B, B Corp this year as well. And um, We're just going under that process at the moment. So we're really keen to create clear checks and balances in place so that we make sure that not only are we measuring for brands what they would like to see but also the same for us and so we aggregate the impact and we aggregate the data that that we are gathering and, and that will help us communicate what we are doing ourselves um, as part of that we're actively developing um, a theory of change of how 
through this product we can create a better part of the system love it uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like a theory of change obsessed. I, I seem to spend half my life uh, working through theories of change with people. So Amazing. Um, I love that. I have to pick your brain on that, definitely. Yes, definitely. Definitely more than happy to, to assist you with that process. Um, <laughs> there are, are certain pertinent questions to ask along the way in, in terms of so what is generally my, my main question that yeah. comes out of it. In terms of the the future, then what what do you what does that hold for compare ethics? I think for us, the core part of what we do is to drop, going back to that theory of change element. We started with a really clear vision. For us, the system is broken. Um, I've seen it for so many years. Some of the issues that are talked about. Um, on mainstream news have actually been talked about for a very, very long time, but very much in the shadows. For us, we're very passionate about enabling system change. Um, I know that sounds quite lofty, but in practice, it just really means to make it very easy for consumers to actually have trusted products and for brands to have peace of mind that they are doing the right thing and can get value from it these things sound in themselves quite simple but they are very complex um, when you dip under the surface and we're just really passionate about helping both consumers and brands get there one of the, the things in terms of those complexities for me is this thing around your supply chain where you're a huge corporation and you perhaps don't really understand who is in your supply chain I know it sounds a little bit ridiculous as as a small um, social enterprise to say that but some people don't know who's at the bottom of their supply chain really do they then the other issue becomes around modern day slavery is that something that's taken into account in terms of what you you assess them on Yes, exactly. And it's the hardest thing that we currently work on, Um, not only from a standards point of view. So, for example, a living wage in Vietnam could be, you know, six or seven different types of living wages, depending on the location and region. So it is a very complex subject. And, you know, as we've seen in recent times is always tends to be um, within supply chains um, where they hear the feel the brunt of global shocks first and for very protracted periods so we're very passionate about that and so we we incorporate you know UK Bribery Act um, all of the main modern slavery act and other protocols we are obviously looking for more uh, to come on the on the back of what we actually need. We need teeth in the regulation. We need uh, on the modern slavery front, but we also need better transparency so that brands can actually understand what is going on. I think that's going to be a key part to be successful. And we all need to know what does good look like in each one of these jurisdictions so that we can operate better. So I think there's a lot that needs to be done for that. So do you do any any campaigning work to try and change the legislation? Yes, we're trying to actively, with numerous groups, uh, back, you know, Clean Clothes campaign. They've done an amazing tool recently. Um, We're always looking to join different groups to make sure that we are amplifying the right voices to help get things done. Um, I think there could be... A lot more to come in this space, um, particularly around a more um, 
cohesive campaign because I think there's a lot of great energy in the market to see change through, but we need to rally behind a really clear change and ask from the government. I think, yeah, definitely more of that to come from us on that, definitely. Excellent. One of the last things that I want to ask you is around this idea of, of global versus local, because it's it's quite a topical thing given what's, what's happened with the um, coronavirus pandemic over the past few months where everyone's supply chains were were global and now people are starting to focus back much more on the local. Do you think that's something that's going to affect um, brands in in the future or do you think that this is just something that will be talked about but not really make much difference? I think it will be talked about and I think the key to making it be different is behaviour and standards so it doesn't matter whether you are in Leicester and you're being paid under a minimum wage or if you're in any other jurisdiction this is still modern slavery this is still you know far from standard environments that people are working in and I I do think it's all well and good to talk about local um, but there are system effects that, that implicate that. So a job here is somebody's not job somewhere else. But there also needs to be a lot, you know, really detailed look at local doesn't mean better. You know, so we have to think about if we are going to transform supply chains and if we are going to create more regional um, pockets, then that's fine. Um, but we do need to look at what that means for for the for the people that are going to again as going back to my previous point be the most effective and they are affected and they're not likely to be uh people close to home but they can be and I think we just always need to be aware of those types of effects um that can happen from making these decisions yeah I, th- I think that's a good point in in that there's different people that can be affected and we we can't assume where they will be exactly and there might be fallout for brands who get that wrong um but there obviously is a lot of going for getting it right and doing it well and it doesn't really matter whether it's global or local in a lot of ways from a people perspective but yes it can it can go either way if you had one piece of advice to share with someone when they're going to purchase something what what would you what would that bit of advice be i would say do so do a little check um you haven't got to be the biggest activist to have a little have a little look around um use platforms like ours use other really amazing tools that are emerging um the clean clothes campaign have an amazing new tool around modern slavery it, it takes maybe five minutes to have a look and and do what matters to you if you're someone that really cares about living wages have a look at whether that brand is clearly talking about and has proven their living wages for who made that product. If you really care about um, veganism or other elements of the environment, um, you know, check it out. Do things that matter to you and check that brand and see how that comes up. Great advice there. Thank you, Abby. That's fantastic. Uh, One last thing then, where can people find out more about Compare Ethics? Uh, great. Yep. If you pop into any search engine, Compare Ethics will come up top. Um, we were just about to do an, ex- uh, an exciting 
uh, new updates to our website. So there'll be lots of new information sources there, but we've got lots of materials on standards, things to look out for, how to combat greenwashing and all of those things. So have a little look around on there and there'll be some great support for you. Brilliant. It's been fantastic talking to you today. Thank you so much for joining me, Abby. Thank you, Heidi. Really enjoyed it. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Make an Impact podcast with me, Heidi Fisher. Before you go, a quick announcement. Heidi's second book, Impact First, The Social Entrepreneur's Guide to Measuring, Managing and Growing Your Impact will be published soon. And you can pre-order a limited edition hardback version of the book through Heidi's website. The book gives you the know-how to measure, manage and communicate your impact so that you can grow your social enterprise. Go to makeanimpactcic.co.uk forward slash my dash book dash impact dash first to find details if you've enjoyed the podcast why not leave a review or rating and if you'd like to be on the show then please get in touch via my website makeanimpactcic.co.uk thank you for listening